Hello everyone and welcome once again to another episode of the Selling Greenville podcast. I'm your host, Stan McCune, realtor right here in Greenville, South Carolina. And if you need a realtor or you know someone that does, reminder that all of my contact information is in the show notes. Text me, call me, send me an email, however you want to get a hold of me. And please, if you like this podcast, please give us a rating or a review. It only takes a second. I know some of you haven't done that yet that are uh, regular listeners, and I would appreciate that. And uh, make sure if you're listening to this for the first time or if you're listening to it kind of ad hoc here and there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. I always remind you guys because we need to get as many subscribers as possible, as many reviews and ratings as possible. It helps me uh, to grow the show. Today, we are going to be talking about something that is a really important topic. It's something that keeps coming up, particularly this year, as people are scared to uh, make the jump from oftentimes from their first home, from their starter home to the next home. And it is the topic of the home sale contingency. Now, in case you're not familiar with that language, here's what it means. In the standard contract forms that we use here in South Carolina, there is a field for whether someone is trying to sell the home, sell uh, a home in order to buy their next home. All right. So you're making an offer on a home. Is that offer going to require you to sell the home that you're currently in? That is, if, if it is required, that is what we call a home sale contingency. And the way it would work is let's say that uh, you get under contract and this contract to buy a home is contingent on the sale of the home that you currently live in. If the home that you currently live in does not sell, then you can't complete the contract to buy. And as such, you would at that point get your earnest money back and be released of that contract based on the home sale contingency. Now, you may have heard that it's a seller's market. What happens when it's a seller's market? Well, I'll tell you what happens. Sellers become picky about their buyers and at the end of the day, don't want to have too many contingencies on uh, the contracts that they accept on the home that they are selling. The home sale contingency is one of the most difficult ones for a seller to accept because there are so many things that can go wrong, right? They have no control over the home that you as the buyer are selling, and there are all sorts of things that can happen. Now, let's say that the home that is being sold, uh, that, that you are selling rather, is also contingent on a home sale. Now you've got potentially multiple homes that are contingent on each other, and there is so many different things that can go wrong. And so when you're in a seller's market, the sellers are going to be evaluating all their options. They want the offer to be as clean as possible, as few contingencies as possible. And that's the situation that we find ourselves in. So those that are trying to sell a home in order to buy a home need to understand that they're competing with a lot of other buyers that may not be trying to sell a home. And those buyers are, at the end of the day, going to look a lot more attractive to the sellers of, of the homes that are out there. And so you need to understand that going in. If you're in that boat where you might be looking to buy, but you've got to sell your home in order for the numbers to work, in order for you to get financing, or in order for you to, to be comfortable making your mortgage payments, 
then you already have a bit of a strike against you as a buyer in a market that is really difficult for buyers. Um, now, there are some degrees to this, right? I see it kind of as three, uh, three maybe four different levels of uh, difficulty when it comes to uh, making a contract contingent on the sale of a home. The most difficult one is when you've got a home that you're trying to sell and you haven't even listed it yet. That is uh, really a challenge and, and you're really uh, making it, it difficult for your buyer's agent if you are trying to uh, purchase a home but you need to sell your home and you also don't have your home listed. Listen, at the end of the day, the vast majority of sellers are not even going to consider that offer. They're not even going to consider it. They're just going to say, you know what? Um, there are other buyers out there that uh, that either don't have a home sale contingency or have a home sale contingency on a home that's already under contract. I'm just going to hold out for one of them. Um, and a good listing agent, let's look at it from the other perspective. I always encourage my clients, look at it from the perspective of the other party. Um, if you are the one selling the home, right? And at the end of the day, if you're in the situation where you're trying to buy a home and needing to sell a home in the process, you're, when you sell your home, are going to be looking to mitigate as many risks as possible. You don't want a risky buyer to be the one trying to buy your home. You want someone that is going to be a clean buyer that's not going to have a lot of red flags, that's not likely to fall through. And so your listing agent, let's say that you're selling a home um, and you get an offer from a buyer and that offer is contingent on the sale of a home that's not listed, your agent's going to have a lot of questions. Um, if I'm in, in those shoes, the first thing I'm asking is, uh, as a listing agent is, okay, give me as much information on this home that's going for sale as possible. Let me know. I need to know what the address is. I need to know what price it's going to be listed for. I need you know, any photos that you have, any details that you have as possible, what date it's going to be listed. All of these things are relevant information to determine, okay, is this going to be a home uh, that actually sells or is this going to be one that you know, probably takes a while to sell and, and we end up in a situation where maybe the whole deal with my client who's trying to sell their home uh, ends up falling through because the buyer for their home can't sell their home, right? That's the situation that we have here uh, with the home sale contingencies that makes it tricky. There's so many things that can go wrong. Um, one of the things that a lot of people, particularly down here in South Carolina, don't like is these home sale contingencies that involve homes that are out of state. That creates a lot of challenges. I'm, I'm dealing with this right now uh, with uh, some clients of mine that uh, they may or may not be listening, um, but they're selling a home in New York. Well, guess what? New York has a lot of different laws. It's an attorney state, which means that they have multiple attorneys involved in closing, um, and it creates a lot of challenges and makes it a lot harder to get to closing. And and people down here that are selling homes, they don't like to hear that you're trying to uh, to sell a home in New York and that you need that deal to go through in order for your deal down here to go through. That does not put set people's minds at ease. If it's a home down here, if you know you're trying to sell a home in Simpsonville and buy a home in Greer. 
people will have a lot more confidence that it will actually work out, that it will actually go through. And honestly, me as a listing agent, I have a lot more confidence. I understand the market down here. I understand how it works. I can go by, I can look at the house, see, you know, hey, has the lawn been kept up? Has the house been pressure washed? Things that I can't see if it's a home in, you know, Nevada that's uh, that's for sale that the contract is contingent on. Um, so there's all kinds of, of different factors that go into this. Now, as a seller, you have at your disposal what we call a uh, an option for a first right of refusal. This comes in on a, a form that we have here in South Carolina. We call SCR, stands for the South Carolina Association of Realtors, SCR 504. That sounds like a, a robot from Star Wars, SCR 504. Um, but SCR 504 gives you an option as a seller. And this could also be if you're, if you're trying to, again, buy a home, but you need to sell your home as part of it, you may run into this form as part of the, as part of that deal. All right. Because it gives sellers more confidence. It it puts them a little bit more in the driver's seat. What it does is it, is it, uh, offers a first right of refusal, which means this. All right. If, the uh, if you get under contract to sell your home and the buyer needs to sell their home in order to buy your home, um, if you have agreed to the first right of refusal, what happens is if someone brings another offer that you accept as the buyer that is not contingent on the sale of a home, now you can force the issue with your current buyer with the primary contract. We talked about backup contracts and primary contracts uh, in previous episodes. You may want to go back and listen to that. Um, I I did a couple of episodes on it back a few weeks ago. But in this situation, we have a primary contract that is contingent on a home sale. And then someone brings a backup contract that's not contingent on the home sale. Now it sets into motion uh, Form 504. And it can form 504 can be written a few different ways, but most commonly what happens the way it's written now is the primary buyer with the home sale contingency now has either 48 or 72 hours, depending on how it's written. And it can be more, it can be less, but oftentimes 48 or 72 hour period to uh, get their home under contract. And, and obviously if it's not listed, um, then the first thing they need to do is get that thing listed get it listed, but it it needs to be under contract by the end of that period. And if it's not, then that buyer has to to decide to uh, prove that they can, uh, to to move forward without the home sale contingency, in which case they could potentially be risking losing their earnest money um, if they're not able to buy it at the end. Um, Either, you know, demonstrate that they can buy it, um, that they have, you know, enough, uh, finance ability, so to speak, enough ability to get financing that they can uh, hold their current home and also buy the one that they're under contract for. Um, or basically, they just have to say, you know what, we, we've we released this contract. We're not going to be able to do this. We don't have enough time. Or maybe they just run out of time to, to get it under contract, their home that they're trying to sell. Um, and, uh, and then the backup contract now becomes the primary. We have this situation. It, it, it happens not 
a ton, but it happens in the case with uh, with deals that I do. Um, you know, maybe once or twice a year, I run into something with this. Um, that's something that is again. You, you might run into that on either side, but I, I strongly encourage my clients that are selling. If we get a uh, an offer that is contingent on a home sale, that more or less, uh, unless it's just an offer that in other ways we just can't refuse. Like for instance, if it was just like as is, they're not going to do inspections, whatnot. Then there could be some consideration there, but otherwise. Almost all the time, I'm encouraging my clients, hey, we really need to have a first right of refusal uh, with this home in order to put you in the driver's seat, in order to make sure that you're not in a situation um, as much as possible where this is just getting dragged out, where we don't, um, where we don't have control, where the, the seller is not serious, or sorry, your buyer is not serious about selling their home um, and you know, they're overpricing it and all of that. We want to make sure that that doesn't happen as much as possible. This is one way to do that. The only thing is that you still have to uh, get that backup contract. Getting backup contracts is not easy. Um, So that's not a given. Uh, But me as a realtor in that situation, I will start to really market the home as, hey, we have a first right of refusal. We are accepting backup offers and people will see that and they'll be like, you know what? Uh, we might be willing to submit a, a backup contract if the if the terms work for us. Um, that is, and, and, and then, you know, if you're on the other side of the equation, you're the buyer, but you need to, uh, to sell your home in order to buy this home that you want. You may have uh, the seller on the other side require Form 504. And so you need to be prepared. Hey, that point... You need to be serious about selling your home because you could be in a situation where uh, the fire is put to your feet and you need to get your home under contract in 48 or 72 hours. That, that can be very stressful. And I don't, I don't prefer for my clients to have to go through that stress. So that's not a form uh, that I recommend if they are the buyer in that situation. Um, but again, it is a seller's market. So a lot of sellers are just going to uh, require that right off the bat. Now, um, selling a home that is listed but not under contract yet is kind of the next tier. So let's say that you're trying to buy and it's your purchase on a home is contingent on the sale of your home that you do have listed. Okay, so that's good. But it's not yet under contract. We have to consider... Uh, why it's not under contract. So if I'm representing the seller in this situation, I'm going to be looking, why is this not under contract? Is it because it just came on the market? Um, Okay, well, how many showings is it getting? Is it getting some activity? What does it look like? How does it compare to the other homes in that area? Is it priced correctly? I'm going to do a lot of research on that if I'm representing the seller and try to figure out, is this a good deal or not? Or is this going to be one where... Uh, this house is likely to just sit for a while. And again, it's going to put my clients in a bad situation who are selling uh, that they're going to have their home tied up under a contract that's never going to get to closing because their buyer is never, ever going to sell the house that they need to sell. Um, so 
I'm looking at all the different options for why it isn't yet under contract. And I've had situations where I've actually negotiated at that point. Um, if I'm representing, if I'm the listing agent, I'm rep- representing the seller, I'll actually negotiate with the buyers of like, hey, what I'm looking at here, this home needs to drop in price by ten or fifteen thousand dollars. And if you guys do that, then we're willing to discuss the possibility for um, for accepting this offer. And of course, I, I discuss this with with my selling clients first, make sure that they're okay with this plan. Um, but but I'll go back to the buyer's agent, and be like, hey, we if you guys are willing to lower the price, then we can talk. Then we can consider your offer and and we'll respond to your offer at that time. But but without the price coming down, there's no way you've got it overpriced. Now, here's where I need to to bring about a, a side note, okay? So this comes up every uh, every now and then. Sometimes people want to have one person represent them as a buyer's agent and one person and a, and a separate agent represent them as the listing agent. Um, this is one of those situations where that's a really bad idea. And in general, I encourage my clients, don't do that. You want the same agent representing you on both sides. Even if both agents are like from the same office on the same team, you can get two different opinions. So, the, you know, that listing agent, let's say that you have uh, a different buyer's agent, different listing agent, and you're trying to do all this at once, right? You're trying to buy a home, you're trying to sell a home, your home purchase is contingent on your home sale. Um, now the buyer's agent and the listing agent have to work together and the, and there might be disagreements and there might be different styles for how they go about this. So, you know, the listing agent might be like, you know what? I think we only need to drop the price 5000 rather than 10000 I, I, you know, I, I really want, I don't want to come down that drastically, but the buyer's agent is like, listen, this needs to come down $10,000 in order for them to have a shot at being able to to purchase this home with, with a home sale contingency. Um, it might be the kind of thing where the listing agent isn't as responsive as the buyer's agent or isn't uh, doesn't take it as seriously. The listing agent uh, doesn't have as much pressure on them. They're in the seller's market. So they, you know, they know at some point the home is going to sell unless it's like dramatically overpriced or unless the the sellers are unreasonable. The buyer's agent is the one in the bad situation here where they're trying to figure out uh, how to make all this work with the home sale contingency. So um, I would tell my clients, listen, pretty much any time you are trying to buy and sell a home at the same time and there's contingencies involved, you really want to have the same agent represent you on both sides. And if I'm doing listing presentations uh, with potential clients, I'll tell them that right off the bat. I'll say, hey, listen, at the end of the day, whether you use me or whether you go with someone else, my that's up to you. I'm not going to pressure you one way or another. Um, I'm not that type of realtor where I pressure people. All I ask is that you don't ask me to be your listing agent and then ask someone else to be your buyer's agent or vice versa. You're going to lose out on that. Have the same agent represent both sides. I'm going to say that even if you decide that someone else is the better fit for you, have them represent you as both your listing agent and your buyer's agent. And if they're like a, a buyer specialist or a listing specialist, Listen, um, 
that just, I know that that model exists out there. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me because at the end of the day, you learn best when you operate on both sides, right? I understand how to think like a seller better and and like a buyer better because I've been on both sides. So as a seller, I can think like a buyer. As a listing agent, I can think like a buyer and negotiate properly because I've been on both sides. As a buyer's agent, I can think like the seller and and present an offer that is attractive to the seller, that concedes things that maybe aren't important to my buyer but would be important to the seller because I've represented clients on both sides. You get someone that's a buyer specialist. Um, I have run into this where, where I've dealt with with agents that are quote unquote buyer specialists or listing specialists where they where they don't do both sides. And honestly, they tend to not seem to have an understanding of the full process oftentimes. It's obviously there's a lack of training involved there. Um, but also there's just a lack of experience. If you don't have experience on both sides of the transaction, then you're going to have some gaps in your knowledge about how it works. But to reel that all back in, you're trying to buy a home, and it's contingent on the sale of your home that's on the market but is not under contract. Again, you should be asking yourself, why is it not under contract, and and what are my goals here? How quickly am I trying to get it under contract? Um, How do I make this offer um, attractive to... Uh, to the seller, knowing that it's not yet under contract. And there are ways that that, that can be done. I'm not going to go into all the weeds and on the details on that. Um, but at the end of the day, you want to set their mind at ease. And if you have a good buyer's agent, your buyer's agent will reach out to the listing agent for the home that you're trying to purchase and will try to set their mind at ease, will try to demonstrate that your home that you're selling, it will sell it just hasn't sold yet because of XYZ. Now, um, sometimes you might be in a in a situation too where you know what you can actually purchase your next home and keep the other home that you have, and so you might not actually need the home sale contingency, um, but you want it. You don't want to have to float two mortgages, but if at all possible, you want to try uh, to have a simultaneous closing where you're selling the house that you're currently in and buying you know, your next house all at the same time. You, d- you do have the option at your disposal of not having the home sale contingency and then trying to and, and, and making the offer. So let, let me give an example here. Let's say that um, you present an offer to uh, on a house that you're wanting to purchase and you make it contingent on the sale of your home and the sellers are just like, nope, we're not even going to consider that. Not even with, with a first right of refusal. You go back uh, to the drawing table and you're like, well, you know what? Technically, we don't need to sell our home. Um, and And... So technically, we could purchase this home. We just need to sell our home pretty quickly, right? And in the ideal scenario, it would we would sell the home first or at the same time as we're buying. You could make an offer that's not contingent on the sale of your home, 
and then make that offer as long as possible, which right now in this market, a lot of sellers are not wanting offers to be longer than 30 days, but um, it's kind of accepted in South Carolina to make it up to 40, 45 days. Some sellers are okay with that. Um, and so you, you make it up to 40, 45 days. And during that time, you get your home listed and you try to go ahead and sell your home and make all the dates simultaneously. Now, this is this does expose you to some risk. Like I said, you may end up having a period where you have uh, two mortgages. Um, and, and you need to be fully prepared for that scenario. But this is the workaround option, right? You can uh, get under contract to buy, then list your home, or then lower the price on your home, or whatever needs to happen in order to get your home sold. And then at that point, then you are trying to, to get your home under contract and trying to make uh, that close on the same day as the home that you're trying to buy, even though the home that you're trying to buy isn't contingent on that home sale. Um, in that situation, I always recommend to my clients, you need to get all your ducks in a row with, with selling the home. You need to get, uh, you know, when I sell a home, I get measurements done, I get professional photography, um, I go through and give a consultation for staging. You need to get all of that uh, in order, taken care of uh, prior to even looking at the homes that you're going to purchase because you need to be ready uh, to get your home listed right away, the, particularly if you're in uh, that, that first boat that we talked about with the home that's not listed. And then if it is the home that is listed and it's not under contract, particularly if it's been sitting uh, for a few weeks and it's not gone under contract, at that point you need to be figuring out, okay, why is this not under contract? What do we need to do to get under contract? Odds are it's just overpriced, to be completely honest, in this market. Um, if it's not selling, it probably is just overpriced. Um, if it's a really, really unique home, you know, like if it's an $800,000 home with a lot of really, really unique features, um, that home is going to need some time to sell. So you, at the end of the day, um, you're looking for a really unique buyer for that. You're not going to be able to, uh, odds are, I should say, odds are, I don't want to be overly negative here, but odds are you're not going to be able to coincide those transactions. But if it's a, you know, a standard, you know, Greenville County, $250,000 home in good condition and whatnot, um, in a desirable area, and it's not selling, the reason why it's not selling is almost certainly it because it's it's overpriced and or it needs work done on it. And so uh, you need to consider what needs to be done, lowering the price, making some cosmetic updates, making some repairs, whatever the case may be, in order to make sure that you get that home under contract in order to set yourself up to be able to, to buy the next home. And so those are all the, the considerations that go in there. But you do have a few possible workarounds if you have financial flexibility some possible workarounds in terms of uh, in terms of not needing to use the home sale contingency if a seller simply won't accept that um, and of course the the last tier here and this one's the best one uh, if you if you are well really on either side right if you're the buyer, trying to buy the home with the home sale contingency, or if you're a seller considering accepting an offer that's contingent on the sale of a home, it's if that home 
that is involved in contingency is already under contract. Um, and at that point, if I'm the listing agent, I'm asking, again, some questions. Okay, how far along in the contract are we? Did, did we did it just go under contract? Um, has the appraisal been done? Are we through the inspection period? What's the closing date? Um, all these different questions to see how firm is that contract. I want to get as much information as possible. I want a copy of that contract if I'm the listing agent. Um, I'm uh, In some situations, I've had to talk to the agent that is representing the buyers involved with that home sale contingency. Not the buyers buying the home that I have listed, but their buyers buying the home that they are trying to sell. And so there's a lot of legwork that goes into that because here at the end of the day, you need to make sure that one's solid because now SCR Form 504 no longer applies because you you can't have a first right of refusal when the home is already under contract. The first right of refusal only uh, forces the buyer to get their home under contract. But once their home is already under contract, that form no longer applies. And of course, if you have specific questions about all of that, I always have to recommend that you get an attorney, have an attorney uh, read that language and explain that. But this is my professional knowledge from the times that I've been in the industry. So at the end of the day, if you're a seller, and you get an offer that's contingent on the sale of a home, um, that's an offer that you should consider, but you need to see if there are ways to protect yourself. You need to consider the offer holistically. There's a lot of things to consider. A lot of people just look at the purchase price, but there's a lot more to consider than that. How many other contingencies are there? How firm uh, is that home sale contingency if there is one? If you're a buyer and you're wanting to uh, make an offer contingent on the home sale. You need to ideally get your house listed as soon as possible and get that thing under contract as soon as possible. That's the way to ensure that uh, that you're able to purchase the home. That's the best way to ensure that you're able to purchase the home that you want. And it's a challenging market for buyers right now, but there are ways that we can get it done. And if you need me to get it done for you, as always, my contact information is in the show notes. I'm happy to represent you as your realtor, as a buyer, as a seller. And if you're doing both, hopefully both. I hope to hear from you guys soon. But until then, stay safe. See you next time.